0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney.
1: Good morning. This morning's Bible reading is with two of them, but they're both short. The first one from Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11 from the NIV. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. 4 verses 9 through 11 from the NIV. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Theref, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience.
0: Okay. Ah, there we are. Wonderful. Thank you for reading so beautifully. I love that reading voice. So what was your name, sorry? Sorry? James. Can I get James every time I preach? <laughs> I, was just, I was just settling in, and then you finished. In the middle of January, I... Um, was over in Bangladesh doing some work for Compassion International. They run a child development program, as you know, um, or many of you might know, around the world. And so I was invited to go and speak to um, the pastors who run the programs. They have uh, 169 programs and 38,000 children that they look after uh, in a country that um, wow, doesn't have many resources and is um, such a poor country. And we, we took them out to this um, uh, hotel, uh, we stayed on these grounds, um, I guess it'd be a bit like a, a two-star two hotel in, in, our, in our perspective, um, but it had a few acres around it, which was what we were hoping, what I was hoping for, and the first day I gathered these guys together and these men and women are just incredible, I mean in a country where there are so little resources, the average wage for a teacher is like 200 US a month, um, like they're, there's incredible poverty, and these these pastors and leaders are so hardworking. In fact, I don't think I've ever met harder working people in ministry than in the developing countries in the third world. Um, the needs are so great, and they are just so passionate. But the problem is, they can just they can just burn themselves out because they work so hard. And so it was important that um, I spent some time looking at. Um, some of the principles we're looking at today. So I did this session first up um, on solitude and silence, um, explaining the nuances between the two and, and teaching them just about you know, entering into a time of, of rest. And, and so after teaching for an hour or so, I said, OK, let's go out for an hour and now for a walk around the grounds um, and just ex- let's, let's experience what we've just been learning through Scripture. And so as as we went out, um, they all started going off in their little areas, and I sat down on on this log, and all of a sudden I hear this kaboom, like this bomb that went off. I'm like, "What is that bomb?" You know? And then I hear this, like this AK-47 going, you know, the submachine gun. Then I hear these other cannons going off, and these, and these, like these tanks. Like this, it was distant, but I could still hear all this movement of artillery and and Gunfire, and I'm sitting there thinking, "This is comical." We're, we're all out here experiencing solitude and silence, and there's all this all these bombs and guns going off. And I was like, um, "Are we safe?" <laughs> uh, so I went and uh, I went and grabbed one of the pastors, and I said, oh, "You don't seem too concerned, but I'm, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit anxious about all this uh, all this sound going on in the background." He goes, "Oh, we forgot to tell you." Um, right next door to us here is the is the army training ground. And for the next two weeks, they're going to be in training. So we'll be, we'll be, we'll be hearing that noise for the whole time while we're here. And I'm like, are, are, they, are, they, are they good shots? <laughs> you know, like, I don't want a case coming over the fence or a stray bullet going somewhere. And it was just this bizarre um, um, sense of a week spent... Um, Helping these guys go deeper in God, helping them to, to rest, and in the midst of this context where there's all these guns and bombs and cannons going off. And it reminded me of a bit like our intention here in Australia. You know, we may not have the artillery moving in next door, but we may have great intentions to have a rhythm of rest in our life. But we are bombarded by. Social media, by um, social engagements, um, entertainment opportunities. Um, You know, every time we open our laptop, bang, work is right there before us. You know, we're bombarded by other things in our world that makes it just as hard to enter into rest. And I don't know about you, but for me, I find that. I hardly ever lean into being the best version of myself when I'm run ragged, when i am been going too hard, when I haven't been honouring my soul's need for rest and I can be impatient and I get irritable um, and I end up letting others down and myself down with my behaviour. And often it's simply because I haven't taken the time needed and required for my soul to enter into a time of rest. Some of you might know the author John Ortberg. Uh, he's written quite a number of great books. And in one of his books is titled The Life You've Always Wanted. And if you haven't read that book, I encourage you to grab it. It's, it's, a, it's a great um, and encouraging read for for living into um, a spiritual life that, that is healthy. And he, he tells a story in that book about a time when he was the teaching pastor at Willow Creek. And his mentor uh, was Dallas Willard. And in the midst of this busy ministry, he rings up Dallas Willard and says, Look, Dallas, I'm... Um, I'm run ragged and he starts, he starts dumping on Dallas about the busyness of his ministry and all the deadlines that he has and, and the nights out that, that he has and, 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 he's, and he asks Dallas for some wisdom. He says, Dallas, can you just give me some wisdom how I can manage myself in this ministry, the demanding ministry that I'm in? And Dallas says this one famous line. He says, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And, Dallas says, and John says, OK, I've got that one down. What's the next one? <laughs> and Dallas says, no, there's no next one. I just want you to do that one thing. Um, and, and so John took that advice and it ended up even changing the direction of his ministry. Why do we find it so hard to rest? Why is productivity so ingrained in us that we want, we, we want to be active, producing, um, productive, and is it something to do with our, our sense of self worth that that we, we gain a sense of worth from what we do, therefore, the more we do, the, the, the greater sense of value we have as human beings? you know we, we are made in god 's image, and what I love about um, the principle we're looking at today, making room for rest, is that this is a principle that God himself instigated. And it was instigated before the fall. It was instigated before the law came in. It was instigated really in the Garden of Eden. See, God knew that we would struggle even before the fall with... With taking time to rest, because he knows that we are we are we are made to be creative and productive, and that's a wonderful thing to be celebrated. But our soul also needs to be able to set that aside, and have one day a week where we discover that we are more than what we do. We need time to be able to rest, to be reinvigorated in our. Relationship with God with others um, and with our own soul as well, so in this series making room for new we 've been looking at um, two weeks ago Adrian looked at making room for God in our life and making room for the new thing that God wants to do in our life uh, last week, Sam preached a fantastic message about making room for others and exploring how we can how we can be more um, have, an eye, have an eye that looks for those who who need a conversation, like that conversation he had in that cafe. Um, and through hospitality, making room for others in our world, in our life. And today we're going to be looking at making room for rest. See, we also need to make room for ourselves as well in our own soul. Make sure that we are sustained and healthy so that we can continue to be of value to, to God and to others. See, God created this gift of rest. And in Genesis 2, we read the account after God created the world in those six days. And the seventh day, it says here, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now that one verse speaks so much about this rhythm of, of work and rest that we see God modelling for us back in the beginning. See, the word Sabbath in the Hebrew actually simply means rest. Another, another meaning is stop. But rest is a strong meaning of the word Sabbath. See, rest means refreshing inactivity after exertion or labour. Let me worship a wonderful God who in the rhythm of creation has modelled for us this rhythm of, of work and rest, of, of activity and exertion and labour, and then the ability to set that aside and rest and be rejuvenated so that we can then go back and be more creative and, 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 and be more active. I think it's a wonderful rhythm that God has established. The first time I played around with this rhythm um, wasn't really intentional when it comes to the Sabbath. But at the end of my first year Bible college, I decided um, that I needed to do something to get some exercise. I used to do a bit of cycling back then. And so I decided to go to Tasmania and cycle around Tasmania for three weeks. Um, and in planning this trip, I thought, well, in the Tour de France, they always have a rest day on the seventh day. you know. So how about I have a rest day every seven days? And so I planned this, um, well, as much as you could plan it. Um, it, was a bit, it was a bit loose because you didn't even know how many kilometers you're going to do in a day. So I planned this trip, but on the seventh day, I was going to have a rest day. Um, and so for six days, I'd be peddling my little treadly uh, around these hills and round these bends and round the valleys. And I'll be camping and I'll be staying at youth hostels. And, and by about the fourth day, I'll be thinking, gee, I'm looking forward to that seventh day. Um, <laughs> and then finally the seventh day comes and oh, it was so wonderful. I could just, you know, I'd try and stay at a youth, a youth hostel on, on those days. And I'd wake up and I'd like, I don't have to get up and pack and get everything ready and try and, you know, get out early and beat the wind. I can just, I can just rest. I remember just lying in bed for hours in the morning, just, just enjoying just this rest day. Um, and then the next day I'd get back on again and I'd be, you know, peddling them away around again. And then by about day three, I'd be like, oh, I can't wait for day seven. Um, <laughs> um, and I just, I've, I've never sort of, as a young person, realised just what a beautiful rhythm it is to actually have six days of exertion and then a day of just joyous rest. You now, we, we enjoy this this beautiful gift of rest, even more when we've exerted ourselves uh, for six days. So we have this rhythm that God established, this rhythm of six days of work followed by this one day of rest. In Exodus 20, we read, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. I love how in this account, God doesn't make the Sabbath only for the Hebrews, only for the Jews. He widens it out and says, you know, this, this principle is for all of creation. It's for the foreigners. It's for the slaves. It's even for the animals. Give them a break. Let them have a day just lying in the grass rather than, you know, Pulling your machinery and your and your plowing equipment, just give them a rest. It's this principle for all of creation. It says, "Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Keep the Sabbath holy." So the word Sabbath, um, as we know, simply means rest, and the word holy means set apart. So when God says, "Keep the Sabbath holy," Is inviting us to set apart a day of rest. It's that simple. Just set it apart. It's not a, he doesn't even tell us which day to set apart. Set apart a day of rest. And for those of us in ministry, it's often for us a Friday is our day of rest because often Saturdays can be taken up with weddings and, and other things and Sundays obviously you know, it's, it's difficult to enter into that rest. So it can be any day of the week. That works for your rhythm, but the invitation is to set apart a day of rest. And God has created this as a gift for us. But you know, it takes effort to make room for rest. Anything worthwhile, we know, it takes effort. Anything. And our middle daughter Olivia is just starting her university at UTS this year, and she's looking, you know, for the next four years to be studying, and and um, she's excited, but she's also a bit nervous, but. You know, anything that's worthwhile, it's going to take some effort. She's going to have to knuckle down and study and, and do the work, and, and it'll, be, it'll be enjoyable, it'll be hard, it'll be all those things. But anything that we do that is worthwhile is going to take an effort. And we can't expect that, that setting aside a day of rest is not going to come without effort. In fact, the author of Hebrews writes this. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for those who enter God's rest, also rest from their own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Make every effort to enter that rest. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take effort. This isn't something that's just going to happen. Why? Because we are wired for productivity. We are wired for doing. And sometimes doing can be addictive because we feel more valuable the more we do. So this rhythm is a rhythm that God has established from the beginning. It's a rhythm for, for the health of our own soul. Our relationships, our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And it's a rhythm that our soul is yearning for. You know, I, I took a survey recently with a bunch of senior pastors. Um, I'm, I'm doing a, a, a program with um, eight senior pastors of churches of 500 plus across denominations in, in this state. And I, I emailed them all a series of questions. And one of the questions was, Um, What one thing is holding you back from um, um, living into a a vibrant um, life with God and with others? I was interested just to see what their responses would be. And all of them returned the same response. Isn't that interesting? And it was busyness. Busyness is the one thing that's holding them back from living into a healthy life with God and others. It's going to take effort to make room for rest. Our souls and our bodies, our hearts, our emotions, our spirits need it, yearn for it. Yet why is it such a challenge to set some boundaries around our week? And allow ourselves to enter into a time and a rhythm of rest. It's, it's worth pondering that question. Just, just asking, asking yourself, why, why do I find it so hard? Just, just sit with that question. See what, see what God says. And whatever, whenever we say yes to something, we need to say no to something. Right? What happens if you keep saying yes to things? Our life just completely fills up. You know, to live life well, to live in a, in a health, to do relationships healthy, to live with a, um, a, a vibrant relationship with God, to have a, a marriage that, that is rich and life-giving, you know, it's going to take some, some energy and it's going to take some discipline. It's going to take um, a desire to, to live life as a marathon, not, not as a sprint. And... And therefore, God gives us these, these wide, these wise guidelines, such as, hey, make room for rest. Just set aside 24 hours out of your 168 hours in your week. Yes, work is wonderful. It's a gift. It's, it's, I enjoy feeling productive. I enjoy feeling like I'm contributing. I enjoy work. In fact, I don't think I'm ever going to retire. You know why? Because whenever I talk to retired people, and we have a few of those up at Tamara. Might be a couple here as well. Um, I say to them, "How are you enjoying your retirement?" And you know the standard answer: "Oh, I've never been so busy." <laughs> Ever heard that one? <laughs> "I've never been so busy." It's like, "I'm going to keep working. At least I get annual leave." You know, um, it's not worth retiring. Just just keep working, and you'll get at least you get annual leave. Um, but even if you're retired, you still need to make room for rest, right? Otherwise, you're going to have everyone else you know, you know, throwing their agenda on you. And you're going to be running around here and there all the time. And seriously, retirement can be a very demanding and busy period if you're of life if you're not ruthless with your, your boundaries and, and if you, you know, don't keep um, living into this rhythm. It just won't happen by accident. It'll happen because we're intentional. Wayne Muller, in his book on on the Sabbath, writes this. If you work all week and forget to rest, you'll become brittle and hard and lose precious nourishment and joy. Forgetting the Sabbath is like forgetting to unwrap the most beautiful gift under the tree. I mean, I I, I can honestly say that's true about me. I find myself getting brittle and hard. Impatient when I don't live into a healthy rhythm of rest. We can't just keep going seven days a week. Sabbath rest is a gift to celebrate life. We've talked a little about the Sabbath, and you know the Jews, as we know, created all sorts of rules around the Sabbath. In fact, if you look up Sabbath laws. Uh, on Google, you'll find that even currently, the Jews live with these 39 Sabbath rules. Um, and you know, the way that they define work um, covers almost everything to you know, tying your shoelaces. Um, it, it's, it goes way beyond the intention. But you know what Jesus said about Sabbath in Mark 2? Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is made for us, not us for the Sabbath. We don't have to, we don't have to create all these incredible rules so that we can somehow you know, keep the Sabbath. See, the Sabbath was never designed to constrict life. It was designed to celebrate life. But the Jews of Jesus' time designed it to constrict what you could do. It's all about what you couldn't do rather than what you could do. And I think this is what gives the Sabbath a bit of a bad name. Even amongst Christians today, I find Christians you know, have, have a bit of a misunderstanding about the Sabbath because they think about it in terms of what they can't do rather than what they can do. And this was never the intention from the beginning. All God said was, hey, set aside your work. <laughs> you know the stuff you do during the week that, where you earn money? Just set that aside and rest. And this Sabbath day actually opens up a whole opportunity of exploring ways that we can celebrate life and celebrate God. I think one of the best definitions I've come across is by Ruth Haley Barton in her book, Sacred Rhythms. She writes, The heart of Sabbath is that we cease our work so that we can rest and delight in God and God's good gifts. Everything we might choose to do or not do needs to somehow fit into these purposes. Take a photo of that and, and consider that. Because I think that is a wonderful and helpful definition for us, you know, moderns who are living in this century. Yes, we need time to cease from our work. In our day and age, unfortunately, our work is... is is coming at us from everywhere. It's flooding into our lounge rooms and our bedrooms. You know, we, we wake up and we, we check our email and all of a sudden, bang, our head just goes straight to work rather than engaging with our spouse. You know, we sit down to, to finally, you know, maybe watch a movie together with your spouse and all of a sudden, you hear, bing! <laughs> yeah, as soon as I open my laptop, bang, I'm at work. I just am. So, we need to do something about this because it's incessant. You can I mean, who does a nine-to-five job and is only at work nine-to-five Monday to Friday? Put your hand up. Come on, I had one at Tamar at least. Not one. Now, 50 years ago, we would have had a few hands up, right? We would have had quite a few hands up. It's a problem. And unless we become disciplined and unless we take on um, you know, God's advice for a healthy rhythm of rest, it's, it's, it's going to just shrink our soul. We need to set aside our work. We need to cease our work for at least one day in every seven. The world will continue on without us. The world will not fall apart if we set aside 24 hours out of 168 and say, in that time, I am more than what I do. I don't need to be productive in terms of work. So what can we do on this day? Well, look at this. No, go back, go back. Thank you. The heart of Sabbath is that we cease our work so that we can rest and delight in God and God's good gifts. Okay, So what does it mean for you to delight in God and God's good gifts? What does it mean for you? How do you experience God and how do you experience his good gifts? For me it's it's getting out and 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 paddling my kayak and and experiencing nature around me, and I love going mountain biking as well, and and on a beautiful you know leafed trail and single track, and just seeing the big angophora trees and and the the, the um the, the the beautiful bush, Australian native bush. It's just I just love being out in nature, and I celebrate God and His good gifts. You know, you might. You might love, you might have a motorbike, and you, you know, on, a, on a Sabbath, you might say, I'm going to go for a ride out to the Blue Mountains and back. And that's, I experience God and His good gifts on my, when I'm out of my motorbike. You might love patchwork quilting. I think Sam likes patchwork quilting, doesn't he? And you might, so having a day of patchwork quilting in front of the fire in winter might be just the most glorious Sabbath for you where you celebrate God and his good gifts. You might enjoy going for a 15K run on a Sabbath, because you know what? When you're running, you feel alive, more alive than ever. You love the sense of your heart rate rising and your body sweating and the celebration of of a healthy, functioning body that is a gift. And so run, enjoy, celebrate God and his good gifts. Now, what is it that you, that you love to do? What is it that gives you a sense of life and of being alive and of celebrating God and his good gifts? So the Sabbath is a, is a day when we get to celebrate all that, all that life is really about. In relationships, in activity, it's not a matter of just sitting there somberly. Oh, I'm doing the Sabbath. Get out and live and experience this wonderful life that God has given us and the opportunities that we have in this country, which are just phenomenal. Let's celebrate life with the Sabbath. What a gift that we shouldn't leave under the tree. King David understood. He was a man after God's own heart. And he wrote, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. When I read this recently, one word struck me that I don't think I realised, or I hadn't, hadn't sort of um, thought about earlier. And that's just the word makes. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leaves me beside quiet waters. He was a king. I would, I would have thought he was a busy person with lots of responsibilities. But yet he had a heart after God. And I have a sneaking suspicion that David practiced the Sabbath. And whenever it came around, it's almost like, God, you're making me do this. <laughs> or I need to go and lie down in green pastures. Uh, I've got a whole lot of stuff to do and a lot of people waiting, but I'm going to go and I'm going to rest so that my soul can be restored. For the sake of our soul, I invite us to consider making room for rest. Let's make room for God this year and explore ways that, that God might be inviting us into experiencing him more and more, new, new altars. This year, let's make room for others. Let's consider just a portion of our heart that could go out to, to others that we haven't yet befriended and invite them into relationships. But this year, let's also make room for our soul. Let's finish this year in a health, with a healthier soul than we've started. And to do that, one of the things, one of the ingredients that God invites us to establish is a healthy rhythm of rest. Just setting aside a day a week where we don't need to be doing for the sake of work. But where we can be enjoying and celebrating life. Dan Allender, in his book called Sabbath, writes this. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Who wouldn't want to have that every week? What would it mean for you to have that every week? What decisions would you need to make? What would you need to say no to? Who would you need to let down? What boundaries would you need to make? What motorbike would you need to dust off? Or knitting needles? How could you embrace this beautiful rhythm of rest? Jesus says in John 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. As we celebrate communion this morning, you know the enemy we know comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He tried to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, back in the Garden of Eden, and we know we've been living with the with the um, effects of sin ever since. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you know, we worship a God who has come to give us life and give it to the full. And Jesus came. To, to deal with the consequences of our sins so that we can receive salvation and we can receive life, life eternal that begins here and now and goes on forever. These emblems are rich emblems that remind us of the life that we've been giving, given through Christ. But it's a life that is rich and deep and overflowing, it's a life that is full. And I believe one of the ways that we can experience this, this fullness of life is by living with a healthy soul and leaning into all those, all those things that allow us to celebrate life and celebrate God and his goodness. And, and a rhythm of rest is just one of those ways that help us to experience life and experience it to the full. So as we, as we celebrate communion this morning with this bread and this cup, let's... Let's celebrate life. Let's celebrate all that Jesus has come to offer us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for being our saviour, for being our teacher, for being the one who walks with us through life. Lord Jesus, when we look at you in the way that you lived in the New Testament, when you were with us, you you honoured the Sabbath day. But you also refocused it so that it is a day that is made for us rather than us for it. So we thank you this morning for the gift of life, for the gift of salvation. And I pray, Jesus, that you would help us to live this life in a way that honours you and honours others, honours the need of our own soul. As we take this bread and this cup, Lord, we are declaring our love for you. And the way that you have changed our life from the inside out. We thank you that you offer us life and life to the full. Lord Jesus, help us and show us how we can live this life in a way that, that celebrates you. And celebrates all that you are. And celebrates your good gifts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.